If you have your Bibles, turn with me in them to the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter number 23. 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to read two verses. And as is custom, can we stand for the reading of the word on tonight? Second Samuel chapter 23, verses 9 and 10. Like I tell the youth all the time, I only have two verses. Only got a couple verses. We're going to talk about them, then we'll be out. Amen? Let's do it. Second Samuel 23, verse 9 and 10 says, Next was Eleazar, son of Dode, the Ahohite. Eleazar was one of the three soldiers who were with David when they challenged the Philistines. The Philistines were gathered for battle, and the Israelites drew back. But Eleazar stayed where he was and fought the Philistines until he was so tired his hand stuck to his sword. The Lord gave a great victory for the Israelites that day. The troops came back after Eleazar had won the battle, but only to take the weapons and armor from the enemy. Can I read verse 9 and verse 10 one more time? Next was Eleazar, son of Dode the Ahohite. Eleazar was one of the three soldiers who were with David when they challenged the Philistines. The Philistines were gathered for battle. And the Israelites drew back. The people of God fled. The people of God left. The enemy was charging at the people of God. And the people of God ran away. Verse 10. But Eleazar stayed where he was. Can God trust you to stay where you are. Can God trust you to stay where he put you? And he fought the Philistines until he was so tired his hand stuck to his sword. The Lord gave a great victory for the Israelites that day. The troops came back after, and the troops came back after Eliezer had won the battle. Isn't that just like people? After you win, then they want to come back and see about you. but only to take the weapons and armor from the enemy. Tonight I want to minister very quickly under the subject, posture yourself. Posture yourself. Let us pray. God, I come before you. God, I worship you. God, and I give your name the praise. God, thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way, God. You are, you are our everything on tonight, God. So be that for us, God. We only, the only reason why we came here, God, was for you. So God, show up. And show out in the house. Let no one leave out of here the same way they came in, God. But let them leave out of here changed by the power of your word, by the power of your anointing. We will give you name, your name, the praise, the glory, and the honor. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I thank you. I praise you and I pray. And the people of love, that love God, shout out hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Posture. Posture yourself. So I'm, I'm one of those people that when I ever have to speak um, somewhere, either whether it's up here to the youth or wherever I have to speak, I always try to make sure that my title, the title of my message is kind of catchy because I'm not the type of person that wants to have a boring title, three ways to faith and, and five steps to, to, to endless, endless victory. doesn't really catch my attention when people have that title. So I don't, I'm the type that I don't want to have a boring title because I don't want to really have a boring, or I, wanna, I don't want to lose the people before I actually get to start speaking. Amen? 
So whenever I, whenever I speak, I try to have like a catchy type of, type of, um, type of title. For example, a couple weeks ago, I was ministering to the youth, and I was, I was closing out um, the prayer series that I was doing with them, and, and my title was, there's this song that's going on, it's called, um, oh, Jesus, In My Feelings, it's called In My Feelings, it's a secular song, um, that, and it's a challenge that's been going on with teens all around the world, right, and there's this one part of the song that people dance to in the song, so I, so I, I named my title of my sermon based off of that song, and, I, and, and the moment I jumped up and said, my title on tonight is Kiki, and all the youth jumped up and said, do you love me, are you riding, and they wanted to keep singing the song, but, but my title was, my title actually ended up being, Kiki, do you love God? Kiki, do you love God? And I came kind of under the, under the theme where if Kiki doesn't love God, then you don't need to be loving Kiki. I'm glad the young people are in the house on tonight. And, but, but my title is what caught their attention. So for this particular message on tonight, I had, I had planned... Um, pastor had asked me like two months ago um, that he was going to give me a date to speak. He told me he was going to give me a date to speak. And I said, all right, cool. I'm going to preach the message that I had for the youth. And so, so I'm the type where I don't even start planning my sermon. I don't start penning it out until I have the title of my sermon down. So I said, all right, got the title. And I was ready a couple of days ago. I was ready to put the sermon together, and I couldn't do it. And I'm like, God, what's the problem? And he said, we're not using that title. I said, no, but we are using the title. And he said, yeah, but no, we're not. I said, okay, so what's the title going to be? And he said, posture yourself. I said, God, really posture yourself? I said, I really like the title, The Posture of Survival. Because I want to be able to, I want the people to know that there is a posture that you need in life in order to survive. I said, I like that, The Posture of Survival. It's, it's, it's kind of flowy. It works. He said, no. I said, great. And the moment I decided to change the title to Posture Yourself, he scrapped the whole sermon I thought I had. <laughs> so, on tonight, the title is Posture Yourself. And I said, I said God, if, if, if I bring the title Posture Yourself, most of the people in the room are going to say, why didn't he just make it Position Yourself? Because positioning yourself is a little more easier to understand instead of posturing yourself. Why don't we just position ourselves so that we can be in position to where God wants us to be? And he said position, God said position is not the same thing as posture. He said position is not the same as posture. I could be playing basketball. I could be playing defense. And, and Pastor Justin could, could be bringing the ball down the court. And I'm, I'm playing defense. He's coming at me. I'm playing defense. And I might be in position. We teach in basketball that you have to be between the ball and the basket. So I might be in position, in the right position. But if I don't get myself down in the right posture, he's going to blow right by me. And I'm going to lose my effectiveness because my posture wasn't right. And God said, I'm not after a church who's only after positions. Because, because we, have it, we have it in our mindset that if I have a position in the church, then I am somebody. And we wonder why the kingdom of God is not being advanced because everyone's concerned about a position rather than being postured the right way. And God said, bring the word that they need to posture themselves because it's not your position that makes you effective. It's your posture that makes you effective. Effective. 
If this were, if this were how old am I, 27? If this were like 10 years ago, me and, Justin, me and Pastor Justin were going at it on the court, if I was posture right, he couldn't get by me. He didn't know me 10 years ago. <laughs> now, he might be able to a little bit. But back then, if I had postured myself right, I became effective. And I was able to do the thing that I'm supposed to do in my life or do on the basketball court because I was in the right posture. Does that make sense on tonight? And we've gotten, so, we've gotten so caught up in being somebody, having a title, holding a position, that we've forgotten to actually do the thing that God has called us to do. We've gotten so caught up in trying to be somebody in the church that we have stopped being the church. Your position is not what makes you effective. Your posture is what makes you effective. In this, in this story, we talk about Eleazar. And Eleazar was one of, three, or one of David's three mighty men. There are three men that were always with David. It was um, Adino, Eleazar, and Shammah. And these were the three people that were on the, uh, the secret service detail, should you say, for the king. So wherever the king went, these three men went. And they had a position. They had a position. These, the Bible says about these three men that you didn't want to cross, you didn't want to be walking on the same side of the street as, the men, as these men. If you saw these men coming towards you, you would cross the street because of how fearless these men were. The Bible says, if you, if you look at the, the verse before that, it says, um, and Dino was fighting the Philistines, and he killed 800 people by himself with only a spear. And when I told this to the youth a couple months ago, I told him that he killed 800 people with a spear. And I said, can't not one of you guys in this room Take on eight people by yourself. And he took on 800 people. Shammah, Shammah was the one where someone had come up against David. He was trying to step to David. And, and Shammah rose up and said, who is this man talking about you? Let me take his head off. Shammah. These were the people that had a position with David. But when it came time to fight, their position didn't matter. When it came time to fight, the, the enemy didn't come. They say, hold up, hold up. I am somebody. You can't, you can't come fight me. Their position mattered to nobody. And the, your enemy, your position doesn't matter to your enemy as long as you stay out of the right posture. Their position didn't matter. Their posture is what mattered. God is after your posture on tonight. The problem is the church has stopped being the church because we're too busy trying to look good in the church. We're trying to be great in the church instead of going out into all the world like what Jesus told us to do. We want to we wanna be great inside the church. I want to be somebody in the church. I want people to see me in the church. And we want position rather than posture. And now churches in the church has become a competition Who can have the most followers on, 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 on Instagram and the most church services on Facebook? And whose pastor preaches around the world the most? And who has the most members? And who displays the most messages on YouTube? We're concerned about looking good rather than looking like God. 
We're too concerned about looking good rather than looking like God. And what happens is from, the, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, you will never see a demon fighting another demon. You will never see a witch fighting another witch. You will never see Satan having an argument with one of his devils. It's not until you get inside the church where you start seeing Methodists against Presbyterian and Presbyterian against Pentecostal and Pentecostal against Church of God and, and, and everybody is fighting each other. And we wonder why no one is advancing the kingdom of God. It's because we are fighting each other rather than fighting the enemy. God said, I'm not coming back for a church that's only concerned about themselves. I'm not coming back for a church that is only concerned about how many followers they have. I want to come to a church that has made some followers for me. I want to come back for a church, he said, without spot, without wrinkle. A church that has been postured, that looks like I want them to look. That looks like me. The problem is we look too much like the world. And wonder why the world is not coming in the church. Because they say, if this is what they look like out here, then that's what it looks like in here. So why would I, why would I show up? If I can do it out here, I might as well just keep doing it. And we've lost our effectiveness as the body of Christ. Because we're concerned about position. Rather than looking the way God wants us to look. Amen? So, so posture yourself. I said all that to say this. Posture yourself. As kids, we were taught the importance of, of posture, of having good posture. Uh, we were taught how to walk right. We were taught how to, taught how to stand right. We were taught how to, how to sit right, how to breathe right, how to lift up things the right way. Why? Because good posture helps you perform. Good posture helps, helps your health. Uh, good posture lessens the stress and the strain on your body. Good posture helps you avoid injury. And we were taught so many things about the physical aspect, how posture affects the physical aspect of our life, but we weren't really taught much that it also affects the mental aspect of our life. Do you know that posture does affect you mentally? Studies have shown that those, the people that are always slouched over or with their head down or, or humped over are the ones that are the most negative, are the ones that are most suicidal, are the ones that are more depressed than others, are the ones that, that, that don't really want to keep going on in life, the ones that, that are slouched over with their head down. This is why David said, soul of mine, why are you so downcast? Because David was in a position where, where something had just happened in his life and he was upset about it. And he was letting his, the outwardness or his posture dictate how his soul was reacting. Soul of mine, why are you so, so down? But studies have also shown that those people that sit up straight, that, that, that keep their, their shoulders back, that keep their head held high, those are the ones that are more positive. Those are the ones that are more enthusiastic. Those are the ones that, that, that have more confidence. This is also why David said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills 
from whence cometh my help, because my help comes from that way. Because you walk a little different when you understand that God is by your side. You walk a little bit with more confidence when you understand that God is fighting my battles for me. Your posture dictates how you think. This is why Jesus said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks, my posture dictates how I think. And how I think dictates who I become. So, if my posture is not right, then I won't be right. If my posture is right, then I'll be okay. Your posture dictates what you think, and what you think dictates who you become. Which leads me to my first point, if you can put it up there for me. Posture is the prerequisite for purpose. Posture is the prerequisite for purpose. If posture dictates, dictates what I think and what I think dictates what I become, then my posture is what determines how I get to my purpose. My posture dictates how I'm going to get to, I'm going to come down, to my purpose. So here's the thing. If Pastor, if Pastor Edgar asked me to speak, right, and I come down here, the camera can't see me right here. Pastor's, uh, pastor's up here speaking. He's exhorting. And, and he gets to the point where he says, now I'm going to introduce the, the speaker on tonight, Minister C.J. Shorter, if you can come up. And all I'm doing is this. Minister C.J. And this is all I'm doing. I'm not going to get to my purpose because my posture is wrong. And the problem with this is, this is how the church looks. This is what the church is doing. We love the verse that says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, I'm awake. I'm awake. And then they say, well, God's not moving, so I'm not moving. But what they don't understand is that God doesn't move unless you move. God doesn't move. You need your Bible. That's fine. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear, and then I'll heal. Let's break it down. If my people, my people, the people of God, because the expectation is not on other people. The expectation is on the people of God to do something. If my people who are called by my name. We love being called by God. Everybody loves being called by God. God told me I'm going to preach. God told me I'm going to teach. God told me I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. God told me. God called me to do all this. And we love being called by God, but nobody wants to move when he calls. Nobody moves when 
God calls. I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna preach to the nations. I'm gonna go to to, to the other to the other worlds to other worlds to, to other countries and preach and preach. I'm gonna go serve other places. And God says, "You can't go serve over there if I can't trust you to serve where you are now." We want to go preach at other churches and speak at other churches and tell what God expects. But God says, you can't go to somebody else's house and preach if you can't keep your house in order. And we want to be called by God. We want to go and, 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 and preach to the nations and go do whatever, we, whatever God calls us to do. We want to go speak. But can God trust you in silence? We want to be the ones to go into all the world. And preach what God has to say. But God says, can you sit down first? Can I trust you to sit down first and get yourself together first before you try to go make your name great? Can I make you great before you try to make yourself great? When people, I'm sorry, when people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. One of the only H words church people don't like. Humble yourselves. That means put yourself in a posture where you will lower yourself so God can be lifted high. God says you can only lift two people. You can lift you or you can lift me. But you can't do both at the same time. So pick. And we always pick. I'm going to pick me. Because if, if, if I take myself up high, God's going to uphold me while I'm up there. And the Bible says... Be careful. Be careful with that because if you try to lift yourself up, you're going to fall. But God says if you just humble yourself, if you posture yourself the way I want you to be postured, I'll make you great. I will lift you up. Humility speaks of a, a, a mental posture. A mental posture. If you humble yourselves and pray. Pray. I could go all day with that. Pray. It's a spiritual posture. So we have a mental posture. We have a spiritual posture. Then we have turn from our wicked ways and seek his face. Seek his face. Set yourself. Posture yourself where you can see him and not see you. Picture yourself where you can see the kingdom of God. Because if you don't picture, your, if you don't posture yourself where you can see the kingdom of God, you can't advance the kingdom of God. And then the kingdom of God won't be advanced and nobody will know about it because you didn't posture yourself the way God wanted you to posture yourself. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then all these things shall be added. But I can't get to these things if I don't know what the kingdom of God looks like. How can I advance the kingdom of God if I don't know what it looks like? Humble yourselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Those last two things are both physical postures. Physical postures. So, so, so I'm fully convinced that if one of those four things is not being done, God won't even hear you when you open your mouth. Because he says, because he says, if you do these four things, then I will hear. And then I will heal. But we're so stuck 
And being here, but God's not moving. And we're sitting here wondering why God's not moving. God, where are you? Because you haven't moved the way I want you to move. You haven't postured yourself the way I want you to posture yourself. You don't look like me. And I'm not about to, to endorse something that doesn't look like me. So, Psalms chapter 1 says, blessed is a man that walks. Blessed is a man that walks. Why, why is the man blessed when he's walking? Because God loves movement. If you're moving, moving God is going to bless you. Blessed is the man that walks, not in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not blessed when you start listening and letting other people advise you into the things that are not of God. Blessed is the man that walks not. So I'm walking in a direction. I'm walking towards God. And somebody over here says something about me that gets me to think about myself. Not about him, but about me. And so all of a sudden, I might be walking towards God, but all of a sudden now I'm walking towards what they're saying. And now, the next part of the verse says, you're standing in the place of sinners. So now, now, now I'm not even in the path that God wants me to be. Now I'm standing where the sinners are. And if that's not enough, I've gone to myself now where now I'm sitting with people that are not of God. And I miss my purpose with God. I miss my purpose with God because I allowed someone else to alter my posture. And now I can't get to where I'm supposed to go because I'm over here. And you will never get to your purpose if you're not standing in the right place. Posture is the prerequisite of your purpose. First, point number two, posture protects your perseverance. Posture protects your perseverance. So we talked about posture earlier. We said that posture is, having good posture is what helps you perform. It's what helps um, strengthen your body. It's what helps strengthen your muscles. So if I have good posture, there's a good chance I'm going to have some good muscles. I'm going to be strong. Because the better your posture is, the better your performance will be. The better your posture is, the better your performance will be. Eliezer, the Bible says in the NIV, we, we said it, in verse 10, it says Eliezer stayed where he was. But in the NIV, it says an Eliezer stood there. He stood, standing, posture. Can God trust you to stand? Can God trust you to stand there or does he see, does he turn and look to see where you are and see that you're running away? Can God trust you to stay where he put you? Can God trust you to stay where he planted you? If he planted you at a church, can he trust you to stay at that church or does something happen and now all of a sudden you want to leave? Because somebody in the church messed you up. 
Because if you're able to leave because somebody messed you up in the church, then you really weren't there for God in the first place. Can God trust you to stay there? Can God trust you to stay where he planted you? How is your staying power? How is your ability to stay? Because your ability to stay will determine how long you're willing to stand. Your ability to stay will determine how long you're willing to stand. Because God is looking for a church that's willing to stand for him. So if God can trust me to stay where he put me, God knows I'll stand with him when he needs me. Moses was on the mountaintop with God. And he comes down off the mountain and all the people of Israel, all the children of God, had started doing things that they weren't supposed to be doing. They were just doing whatever they wanted to do. And the Bible says they made gods and idols and started worshiping other gods and idols and just doing all types of foolishness. And Moses comes down and sees it happening. And, and, and he jumps up and says, who is on the Lord's side? Who is willing to stand with God? So I ask you on tonight, who is on the Lord's side? Because it's amazing how we all want to be called children of God. We all want to be known as being the children of God. But we're not known as standing by him when he needs him, when he needs us. We want to be known as the people of God, but we don't want to be known as the people that are with God. It's amazing. And, and, and just like Eliezer when he was fighting, just like the Israelites, they saw the enemy coming, and then they fled. They retreated. They left because the enemy was coming. And they said, we don't, we don't want to be part of that. We don't want to be a part of that. We're going to take off in the opposite direction. And that's like some of us even on tonight where we're in this boat called life and we're going somewhere in life, and then we see a storm somewhere down the road, and we're like, you know what? Nope, let's go this way. Can God trust you to weather the storm? Can God trust you to stay in the storm? Because standing for God is not easy. Standing for God is not easy. You find yourself praying and fighting and praying and crying and praying and then you got to fight again. And then you're crying because you just got done praying. And now you're praying because you know you're about to start fighting again. You're praying, you're crying, you're praying, you're crying. It's this ongoing cycle of standing with God is praying and fighting, praying and crying, praying and fighting. And like Eliezer, you're tired. How many of you have ever been tired? How many has ever been tired? Serving God sometimes is tiring. You get tired. It's one thing after the next. After the next, after the next. And now like Eliezer, I'm fighting here. And now it's the whole army is surrounding me. And I'm fighting here and I'm fighting here. And I got to fight over here. And I got to fight this. And I got to fight for my marriage. And I got to fight for my kids. And I got to fight at work. I got to fight, 
fight. And I just lost my job. And I got to keep fighting. Now money's not coming in. And I got to keep fighting. And the doctor said this about me. And now I got to keep fighting. And it's all fighting. And now you're tired. You've gotten to a point now where you're just tired. And you got to come to church. Hi, good morning. Welcome to High Place Church. How are you? Fighting. You got to come. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, lion, worship. Tired. Fighting. Oh, hey, how are you? God bless you. I haven't seen you in a long time. Yes, kids are doing great. Yes, everybody's doing great. Tired. And nobody knows with your smile on the face that you're tired, that you're fighting, that you're one more hello from, 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 from giving up, that you're one more hallelujah from walking out the church. You're tired. And you're fighting. You're tired because you're fighting. And now you're fighting tired. And I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with that. And I'm dealing with this. And I'm dealing with that. And I can imagine Eleazar getting to a point where, where, where he's fighting. He's fighting everything. And he happens to turn. And he sees... Where are the people that are supposed to be fighting with me? And he's fighting. Where are you going? And he's fighting. And he's fighting. And Eliezer teaches us this, this, this very important lesson. That sometimes you have to fight by yourself. Sometimes you have to fight by yourself. Sometimes you have to pray by yourself. Sometimes you have to cry yourself to sleep. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Fighting. And we're fighting. And the, and the mistake that the people of God make at this juncture, where they're fighting and they turn and they see that people are leaving, and now they want to go chase after the people that are leaving because they feel like they need, they feel like they need the people that are leaving in order to fight, in order to survive. Wait, where are you going? I need you. Come back. And instead of fighting the enemy, we're trying to fight the people that are trying to leave us. We're fighting the people that are trying to walk out of our lives because I don't want to do this by myself. And, and, and we get to the point where their presence is more important than the presence of God. Because if you just understood that if God be for me, who can be against me? If they just understood that me plus God can take anybody out. But, but we're stuck because we're chasing after people that are trying to leave. And now we're fighting for friendships. And we're fighting for relationships. Instead of fighting the enemy, we're fighting for the people that are trying to leave us. But what you have to understand is that your destiny is not tied to the people that are leaving. 
Your destiny is not. If God needed them in your life for you to complete your purpose, they would have they stayed. God would have kept them right there. But just the fact knowing that I don't need you to do what God called me to do, because God called me to do it. And we're fighting, and praying, and fighting, praying, and fighting, and fighting this, 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 this. And now all of a sudden, not only are we fighting the outside, but now we're starting to fight ourselves from the inside. I should have gave up a long time ago. Why am I still fighting this? Why am I still trying to keep up with that? Why am I still here? Why am I still trying to go through the same fights all the time? Because I'm clearly not getting anywhere. And we're fighting out here. But we're fighting in here. And we're tired. And Eliezer says, your posture, your posture is what's going to help you persevere. Your ability to stand through it all will help you get through it. But we feel like we need everybody to help us through. And Eliezer says, no, you don't. Just keep standing. And Eliezer stayed where he was. He could have stopped fighting. He could have started chasing after the people that were running away and said, get back here. He stayed where he was. So can God trust you to stay? God is saying, just stand there a little longer. Just, just, just give me a little bit more time. Just stay right there for a little bit longer. God is saying, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't give up just yet. Because in due season, you will reap if you don't give up. So number one is that posture is the prerequisite for your purpose. Number two is that posture is what protects your perseverance. Number three is that posture provides provision. No posture, no provision. You cannot expect God to bless you if you haven't done anything worth blessing. You can't expect God to bless you if you haven't done anything worth blessing. It's so, so amazing that we, we always say, God, open the windows of heaven and pour down a blessing. God, open the windows. Open. Do it. Do something, God. Do something. And God's saying, uh, since you don't look like me, I'm not going to get you what you want. So until you're able to posture yourself to look like how God wants you to look, if you, just, if you just walk the way God wants you to walk and talk the way God wants you to talk and live the way God wants you to live, God said, you know what? I will bless you the way you want me to bless you. A couple weeks ago, I was, I was ministering to the youth, and it was, I think it was a part of the prayer series as well, and we came from the verse that says, um, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. Um, and, and what we basically talked about, my, 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 my central theme or central point in that message was you will never get what you want if God doesn't get what he wants. You will never get what you want. And we want God to open up the windows of heaven. 
But God says, what are you doing for me to do it? How do you look? And I heard a man of God, a man, I heard a man of God use this as an, as an illustration. And, and, and he had a cup. Right, he had a cup. And he said, this cup is your life. And then he had a bottle of water. And said, this, this, this bottle of water is, is the blessings of God. And he put the cup on the table and he flipped it over. And he opened the, opened the bottle of water up and started pouring it onto the cup that was flipped over. And the water, obviously, didn't get inside the cup. And his point was, God can't bless you if your cup is upside down. God can't pour into you if you're not willing to be poured into. God wants to do it, but he can't because we don't look like him. He can't because we haven't postured ourselves to look like him. Musicians, you guys can come up because I'm almost done. Your posture towards God will dictate his posture towards you. Your posture towards God will dictate his posture towards you. So tonight, what does your posture look like? I dare somebody to just take a look at themselves and say, what do I look like? How do I look to God? When God looks over the banister of heaven, what does he see when he sees me? Does he see me? Or does he see him? How is your posture? Stop trying to be so caught up in your position. Because God doesn't care about your position. And your enemy doesn't care about your position. So you shouldn't care about your position because you're not effective. Your posture is what makes you effective. Stand to your feet on tonight. Paul said uh, to the Ephesians, he said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. And then he said, having done all to stand, stand, therefore, stand. But I'm tired. Stand. But I want to give up, God. Stand there. I want to throw in the towel, God. This is not for me anymore. Stand there. God says, if you just stand for me, I'll stand for you. So on tonight, if you want to get to your purpose, you got to posture yourself. If you want to persevere in life, if you want to be able to win in life, you got to posture yourself. If you want provision in your life, you got to posture yourself. 
And I don't know where you might be on tonight. I don't know how you might be feeling on tonight. I don't know where your life is on tonight. But God says, let me be your strength tonight. Just let me be your strength. Surrender it to me. I give it all, God, to you. I lay it down at your feet, God. Just be my strength. Be my strength, God. God says, if you learn to make me your strength, I will let you get through whatever it is that you need in your life. But God also says, if you want to just stay where you are, if you want to give up, that's fine. Because your posture towards me will dictate my posture towards you. So the challenge on tonight is to make sure that you are posturing yourself the way God wants you to be postured. Make sure that you look like God. Make sure that you're, too, you're not too busy trying to look good for everybody else, that you're trying to be great in the church. God says, just be great for me. Just give me your best. Give me it all. I surrender, God, it all to you. So everything I will give to you. God, withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. God, take all of it so that I can stand for you. So that you can stand for me. Can we just go out singing that one? Slip up your hands and begin to worship God. Say, I surrender. I surrender.